A story of a boy and a turtle named Toto that grows into his role as a legend. It's Gamera the Brave. his turtle after himself it is a little strange but it's not (laughs) it's not quite as strange as the fact that he is a professional swimmer apparently did did he really swim from like the mainland over to that little island well it wasn't i don't think it was that far because like it it looks really far dude well you gotta you gotta you gotta adjust for how how deep it actually goes. So he may not be having to swim that far. Now, you know, I would never let my child go out and swim out there, but this is, uh, what? 2006 Japan. <laughs> he, he needed goggles, you know, like, <laughs> and I mean, we know this is, this is dangerous waters. Like we've, we've, we're getting those signals throughout and here he just arrives with his goggles and swim trucks on this little Island. <laughs> I mean, it looks I don't care if it's a football field away, you know, and there's water above yeah. my head. I'm not letting my, how old do you think Toru is? Uh, uh, maybe like 12 or maybe younger. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Preteen, you know, he's, he's preteen. Yeah. I'd be very hesitant to let my son uh, <laughs> swim even the length of a football field yeah, I, without I li- a life jacket or anything. Yeah, I like that your threshold was that he had to have goggles. As if goggles was like some, some sort of threshold. <laughs> it's not really the threshold. It just show, shows that this is a serious endeavor for him. Oh, you know? oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. We are still trying our best to stay alive here at the bargain basement of the Kaiju Podcasting Airwaves. I am Eric. And I am Alex. <laughs> wow. That was or, a uh, uh, great introduction, Alex. Oh, uh, um, Zetus himself, Alex. Zegris? Zetus. Zetus. Zegra was <laughs> many movies ago now. Well, how do which, you pronounce the, what's, what's the name of the monster? Zetus. Yeah, Z-E-D-U-S. Zetus? So either Zetus or Zetus, however you want to say it. I saw in the notes That's you put right. Zegris, and I was just going to let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's because he reminds me of other monsters. We'll get into it. Zetus or Zetus, something like that. Yeah, you had him. We'll, we'll so talk you about literally it. had it spelled Zegra with an S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Hey, but Alex, we did get uh, a couple of new patrons Patrons that I want uh, to shout out to. They have joined what well, I'm, I'm now calling the Bargain Basement Club. And so the first is the Professor Kaiju himself, YouTube creator, uh, content creator. His videos are awesome. His SSS Gridman videos are on point. He's going to be on the podcast soon, actually, to talk about some of those Gridman uh, videos and just the Gridman series in general, the way that we we do it here, hmm. Alex. So I really want to thank Professor Kaiju, first of all, for joining yeah. the team. Thank you, Professor. <laughs> He's the professor. He's a professor at Kaiju U, Alex. Oh, in case you didn't know. Hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I hope he lets me into the school. Gives me a referral. <laughs> and I also <laughs> want to thank uh, Jack. We didn't shout out to him. Uh, thank you, Jack, for becoming a patron. Uh, his podcast, uh, Drift Space, I do highly recommend. They've got some awesome godzilla content over there where which is a great place to start if you haven't listened to drift space before yeah they're a little all over the place in a good way if you just want like a menagerie of things i think they even did a dragon ball thing recently so i'm like very interested check it out check it out (laughs) and then lastly i do want to thank we had a review on itunes i do want to thank monster podcast fan uh, for this review, he says Monsters vs. Men is a great kaiju podcast that features a great dynamic between its two co-hosts. Their back and forth feels like they have known each other for a while, and I like the way they incorporate family into the show. I don't always agree with their opinions, but I do like their different perspectives on these movies that have often been looked at a certain way for a long time. Oh. I like that. That's yeah. nice. 
Yeah. Thank you, Monster Podcast fan. Look at that. We can all live as one and respect each other's <laughs> opinions. And if you'd like to hear your uh, podcast review on the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. That actually really does help our show a lot. And we don't have that many reviews, so we would really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a little slim over here. Like we've been dieting. <laughs> we haven't been wanting to diet, but it's, just, it's more like we've got like a ringworm or something. <laughs> we have more. We actually have more members of the Bargain Basement Club than we have reviews on <laughs> iTunes, Alex. Cece <laughs> just shot me the uh, this look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. So we we need reviews. <laughs> we do. Well, I think without further ado, we need to get into this movie, Alex. Go ahead, start us off with our film introduction. Yeah, so though technically a part of the Heisei era of Gamera films, as Gamera films don't really have this Millennium era, Gamera the Brave definitely takes on a different feel from Kaneko's trilogy. But does the new feel work, or are you going to be a jerk? I feel like you're more likely to be the jerk, Alex, because I think this definitely works. Um, now, the first thing I noticed about this movie was its quaint sea town feel. And the scale of the story and its monster protagonist, it continues to grow throughout the film. The story never loses that personal and intimate feel that we get right at the beginning. I love those quiet moments. And the quiet moments in this movie really stand out to me. Uh, there's a couple that I want to point out to you. One is that moment uh, where Toru confronts his friends about how he doesn't have a mom. And then like five seconds later, he tries to go back on it and says he was just joking, right? He doesn't want to show his vulnerable side. And I think that's just such a real human moment. I love that moment. Another one is when Toru's father, uh, played by Kanji Suda, he sees Toru watching that television program of that, I think it's a guy in like a, (laughs) <laughs> a thong basically playing volleyball <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and Toru is laughing and it's a throwaway moment but you can tell from the father's reaction that this is the first time he has seen Toru laugh in quite a while did you appreciate the slice of life feel we got from this one yeah uh it, <laughs> slice of life is exactly how I described it on Twitter it mm-hmm. really feels like this little story on the fringe of Japan and it's just really personal. You know, it's the story of a boy and his dad and them dealing with the aftermath of their mother, uh, of his mother dying. And, mm-hmm. you know, them and their very quickly growing turtle, of course. And the <laughs> film was at its best during these moments, these quiet moments that are really eventful and mm-hmm. a little more subtle. And the two moments that you highlighted in particular are really big standouts and those really showed the strengths of this film the film is really deliberate in in what it does and while i do think it does get a little bloated at times i think the film is actually really well done yeah no i i see what you're saying about bloated i'm sure we'll get into that it you know i've heard this film compared to the gamera showa era films there's something about that comparison that doesn't really sit right with me because it's often phrased something like this, Alex. This is the film. Gamera Brave is the film that the Showa era Gamera films wanted to be if they lived up to their reputation. <laughs> Here's the thing. I actually I don't think the Showa films were ever really trying to be Gamera the Brave, with the no. exception of maybe Super Monster, right? <laughs> None of them wanted to be a coming-of-age film with a whole lot to say. You know, this film that wants to help children process some pretty heavy content. None of none of the Showa era films are really promising that type of film, right? Um, yeah. It's just, it, it doesn't quite sit right. But this film does want to do that. It does want to deal with some pretty heavy content. And one way it deals with that content is through Toru and how Toru refuses to call Toto a Gamera until, of course, the very end of the film. This mm. just serves as a perfect representation of Toru's processing of his own grief. And it works in a way that doesn't feel bloated and doesn't feel 
over the top, unlike maybe a few other moments. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. The the only moment really that felt overlong and especially over the top for me was what maybe some people think is a powerful moment, but it's when Toru finally reaches uh, Toto, as he's calling him, in the, sky, in the skyscraper that he's been launched into. And he's stuck there, and he finally climbs, like, I don't know, 30-something flights of stairs, probably. And he goes into this really long monologue from a child, and it's coming from this child, and it's just way too long. I mean, at this point, uh, Toto has a giant gaping hole in his side from Zetas, and it's so long that I was like kind of hoping Zetas would just end it all so the movie would end. Like, like it goes on. Terrible. Way- <laughs> it goes Terrible, on. Way- Alex. <laughs> No, I, know. <laughs> I, I probably the moment. <laughs> see. I I don't like it. I think it goes on too long, I, and it's mostly because. And th- this is a couple. This is where I guess a few of my problems with the film come in because that was hyperbolic in a lot of ways. But because I really like the moments preceding and following it, but we've got this moment where this kid is, you know, pretty much crying to Toto. He doesn't want him to die. All this stuff. Don't, don't detonate yourself, whatever. But, <laughs> but, oh my but gosh. really my problem with it is, is we have Zetas crawling on the skyscraper to the left of it. And he started before <laughs> the kid even got in there. Mm-hmm. And so the kid somehow climbs us faster than this giant monster. And he stops to to yell at Gamera or Toto for a very long time. And somehow, this what could be like this really interesting ticking time bomb scenario with Zetas mm. scaling while the kid is trying to get to him. It it kind of like completely not ruins, but it does make me. It requires me to suspend my disbelief quite a bit while listening to something I perceive as being too long. They could have shortened it, maybe made it more powerful in like a, a tightened up way. But I just, I don't like that <laughs> Zetas. Are you done yet? Are you done yet, Alex? No, he doubles. <laughs> he, it takes twice as long as the child to climb <laughs> the thing. No. Yeah. That's not true. The child, the child had been, had been going with his father for longer than Zetas. Yeah, Zetas is there, right? I, I have a, you don't like this. It's not as long as you're making it out to be. No, like, th- this is the, the Gamera walk he, all over again, Eric. No, this is this when, when the, the moment when he <laughs> is talking to Gamera is like 45 seconds. It's 45, 45 minutes, maybe. <laughs> it's 45 <laughs> seconds, Alex. And my theory is like it feels too long to you because it really was just tugging at your heartstrings and you just mm. wanted to push it away because you couldn't quite handle that pool of emotion. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I mean, I, I know you're kidding, but it, the thing is that moment didn't really work for me because I'm sitting there thinking he just got a hole put in the side of him. You're putting his life at risk, telling him how you don't want him He's to die. Not. He He's is. not putting his life at risk. He's saving him. He's he saving him. It. Yeah. <laughs> he it, saves him. He He's all, the only reason, only reason Toto slash Gamera lives is because Toru saves him in that moment. But he almost dies because Toru decides to give him a, the longest he monologue does, but Toru in Gamera. Doesn't, Toru doesn't realize that this is happening outside. His body yeah. is outside the skyscraper and getting stabbed with a tongue. And, and Toto, to his credit, just sits there and takes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure he didn't get it when he heard the giant monster scaling the building next to him, and when he jumps on top of the building that he's currently in. Oh, Toru, he just he didn't know. He does. He, he didn't, didn't know. know, but he knows there's he knows the monster is approaching to take down Gamera. But besides that moment, besides that moment, I, I will tell you there were a couple moments that did feel thematically blunt. Um, and I can forgive most of these because this is a children and family film, but I do think it feels a bit heavy handed at times. First, you've got some of Toru's voiceover moments. There's the one at the very beginning where he says something along the lines of my mother isn't in heaven. She's a pile of ashes in this grave. Um, this will be the first summer I spend without my mother, 
we don't need that because we already know how Toru feels. And we can already, with just a few subtle inferences, we already know that the loss of his mother is fresh. Um, and then you have the the Mai's sickness storyline. And I thought Mai had a ton of potential as a character to really help Toru along in his coming-of-age tale. But ultimately, she just becomes this other parallel for loss, which we already have in Toto. And so she doesn't serve the story after a certain point. And then you've got the running. And as we've talked about before, I actually really like whenever we see that panic and we see people running in a film because it it makes it feel a little bit more genuine. But man, there is a lot of running (laughs) in this film, both away from Gamera and then with the child montage towards Gamera. And if there's a way to hammer home this theme of you can't run away from your pain, but you have to run into it, it's the way that it's done in this film. <laughs> yeah, I I really liked the message of this film. Uh, but I actually kind of disagree with you about a lot of your points. I actually thought, I do agree that the voiceover is, it's not necessary. Voiceover is rarely ever done well. Uh, but I did like where we went with the voiceover, like the overall story arc, because I... Unlike you, I, I don't know if we could have gotten that general message through what was going on on the screen as it was. I'm not saying they couldn't do something else to display his belief that there is that his mother isn't in heaven and that he doesn't believe in heaven at this point. And then later on in another voiceover, he indicates that he does believe he he started to believe that she is looking down on him, which I really like that moment and that conviction that he has during that moment. Now. I also got to disagree a little bit about what you think about Mai. I would say that although she is somewhat sidelined halfway through, she does have a major role to play. And I feel like her character is fully fleshed out. She is this selfless character, really, who really wants to help Toru regain his happiness. We really, in particular, see that with the excellent scene where she gives him the manga to read that she she was going to let him borrow where we, we, it's very clear that she just bought it for Toru. I really like that. And it's not just that, but her, her love and caring for Toru really is what begins that really long running scene that, that constant handoff that I I really like that relay race. And it's, it's her that really gets that started. Gamera takes, takes the lead afterwards, but it's it's her caring for Toru is what really gets that started. And I really like that. Yeah, I agree. I like her as a character. I just don't really love how the plot handles her, right? As a as a plot device. It feels like a plot device to make her sick. Um, because we don't need another story of loss within two other stories of loss. It's over the top at that point. Well, um, to, to me... For me personally, I don't have any connection with Toru's mother. I'm like, I, I I get that it's sad and that he's sad, but there's no connection there. When he has those flashbacks seeing her, it's sad for him, but I don't have a connection to that character. And honestly, I don't really have a connection with Toto. So that never that didn't really work with me very well either. But the May connection really did work for me, which is interesting that we're seeing the difference between you and me the way we're looking at it. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, hopefully that's your coolest character. We'll see. <laughs> uh, the other thing, I, I do want to go back to things I like, though. I, I do like the humor in this film. I just think it's so light and lovely. My favorite humor scene is the bedroom scene where Toru's mm. father, he comes in to clean up and <laughs> Toru starts to you know hide and cover up and he says he'll do the chores. And then, of course we have the first time that Toto flies <laughs> and the reactions to seeing a flying turtle mixed with the shadow on Toru's head mixed with Toto's verbal cry. <laughs> it cracked yes. me up both times that I watched it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it's funny. just hilarious. And there are a couple moments like that, that really made me laugh out loud. And we, we haven't touched on another thing we haven't touched on yet. Alex is the monster design. Oh um, yeah. You know, uh, Zetus, or Zetus, 
it, the monster design hasn't grown on me as much as I think the suit looks great. I do think that suit looks really detailed and, and nice. Mm. The design, it's not super inspired to me, but the miniatures are awesome. And they provide the foreground and background texture like we've mentioned plenty before on the show. And then you just got those outlandish action moments, which do remind me a bit of Showa Gamera. And I'll mention one specific one in our awards. Did you enjoy the monster action, Alex? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's really reductive, though. Uh, but real quick before I go into that, under you made those comments about the Zetus design. I'm actually uh-huh. with you on this. I don't really care for the Zetus design. I think it's well made, but I think the head looks like a dog with floppy ears on the side, and I couldn't shake that the whole time. And hmm. it just doesn't feel intimidating until like the frills come out. But yeah. even then, it looks like a lizard dog <laughs> to me. But I do think it's well made. But my problem is, and this goes into the monster action, is the way it fights. Uh, while it's unique, like that he uses his uh, legs and stuff to attack, it feels like a person in a suit because of that. And it doesn't really feel like a real monster because a real monster, most likely, that if it evolved to look like that, wouldn't be attacking with its legs and kicking like that. It's, this isn't a kangaroo. <laughs> this looks more like a T-Rex than anything. And so it really feels out of place when he just keeps kicking Gamera through buildings and using his legs all the time. It just feels off. And then Gamera, he doesn't really put up a lot of a fight. So the monster... what. The monster action is kind of lame. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not good parts about it. The monster action has really great moments overall, where Gamera swoops in to save somebody or something like that. These are really great moments. <laughs> the Zadius tail throw while goofy is actually kind of fun. And I really like that the reveal of his long spike that he spits, that he spits out of his uh, mouth. These moments are really great, but... I call it a tongue, Alex. I don't know if it's a tongue. Do you, can you imagine trying to eat with that thing? You can't. You can't I mean, uh, it's the same thing with Baragon, right? Yeah, but that, that was like fleshy colored a little bit. <laughs> it could be a tongue. I guess you're right. It could be a tongue. But, you know, these close calls and these shocking moments of violence make the rest of it a bit more forgivable. But there are some ter- like terrible effects. Several of the overhead shots of the monsters look like they printed out a Google map aerial aerial view and they slapped the monsters on top of it in like CG. Like it looks awful. And compared to the previous three films, effects wise, this one's kind of disappointing. But again, it's got these highlights. I like Zetus when he eats people, the tower throw <laughs> and the, even the overlong scaling of the building. And some of the miniatures are even great, but I do think overall the monster stuff's kind of lacking. Hmm. I didn't notice those aerial shots. So, oh man, I'll point them out to you later and you'll be like, Oh my God. All right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't notice those. Generally speaking, I, th- I thought uh, the effects were pretty well done. You have that opening, which is pretty cool. Um, the, the design uh, of Gamera, I like as well. It's different. Yes. It's childlike. It's innocent. So I I, mm-hmm. I personally enjoy it. I, I do too. And I like I like the old camera too. Because as soon as you see him, you're like, this is a really old camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he right, just right, looks right. wrinkly. <laughs> Which explains the you know the decision at the beginning there to potentially self-destruct. Right? Yes. Um yeah, which I think is important. Which I, which is a great moment that we haven't even talked about. But that that intro especially uh, juxtaposed with the rest of the first 10 minutes of the film is really interesting. I really like how they set it up and then they just put you into this slice of life movie that feels like it has nothing to do with the rest of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I really like that. You know who else I wonder uh, thinks about Gamera? Uh, I'm guessing it's the, the theometer. Theometer. Welcome back to another The Mother 
This week. This week, we are talking about what movie? Do you remember the name? Uh, Gamera the Brave. Gamera the Brave. Gamera the Brave. <laughs> so here we go. We've got Gamera. Gamera is on uh, a bridge, okay? Yes, I know that. And Gamera is fighting a giant monster. I forget his name, though. I do, too. I think it's Zetus. Yes, I think it is, too. So let's go ahead and take a look. Tell me what this monster looks like, okay? Big, giant, scary Metis. His name is Metis now? Yeah. All right, we'll call him Metis. <laughs> I meant to say Zetus. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> what does uh, Zetus slash Metis look like to you? Big giant slicer head. A big, a big giant slicer head. Okay, I like that. Zetus doing well. What's Zetus doing? He's doing one million percent percent full cowie wiki tongue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to stab Gamera with his tongue. Uh huh. One hundred percent full cowie. Uh oh, what's Gamera doing? Having out a tongue. And then I think Gamera's going to... Yes, he fires it. Fireball. Right Fireball. into Zetus' face. Is Zetasaur, you could say... Uh, the Zetasaur? Or you could say Monster Header. Monster Header. Hmm. Gamera does not look in good shape here. Do you think Gamera's going to make it? I think he's still not going to die. Because well, he's Gamera. Because he's Gamera. True. Yeah. True. 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 How scary is Zetus on your theometer scale? A hundred. A hundred? Yeah. Okay. What makes it a hundred? I just, it's not that scary. It's pretty much just like one, and probably it's just that that has the, the yeah. tongue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. This has been another Themother this week. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. All right, welcome back. Uh, real quick, before we get into our awards, Alex, I do want to say, you know, if you like the podcast and you want to support the show, you can become a part of the Bargain Basement Club over at patreon.com slash Uh This week, Alex and I, we're going to face off in the first ever trivia battle based on questions that followers on Twitter submitted to CC. Alex's wife. And I believe Cece has a little trivia question starter to get us thinking. Cece, you have a, a question for us? Oh my goodness, Eric. Yeah, I, I do. Here, one second. I caught her off guard. Yeah, I was I was working and then Alex just shoved an earphone, <laughs> an earbud into my ear. One second, let me pull it up because guess what, you guys? We got over 40 different questions submitted. Oh my what? Gosh. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god. A lot of them... All of them were great. But let me pull up the uh, the question that I'm going to oh. give you just a little taste of the MVM plus trivia, okay? Boop. Alex, don't look, don't look at the screen. Oh. He was going to cheat, Eric. <laughs> I'm glad you're there, Cece, because I know he would cheat well, and probably tweet thing. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. On the 13th Floor podcast, he always uh -huh. looks at my notes when I'm reading, and then I'll ask a question, oh and he'll gosh. give the answer. Yeah, it's so rude. <laughs> I can't help but read along. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. This question was actually submitted by at JJ Hicks 19. And they asked, which Godzilla foe has had the most screen time over the course of the entire franchise? Screen time. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, Ooh. I'm going to be thinking about that, Alex. So I'm going to be thinking about that. Do you, do you think Mothra f counts as a foe since initially... She is or not because she's usually a friend. Actually, it's not even usually. It's like 75% of the time. I think of Mothra as like full uh, of love. Yeah. I do too, I but you got But GMK, they weren't friends. Listen, listen. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> I'm mad at you. It doesn't mean that I'm a foe. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Well, we will come back to this. We'll come back to the answer. That will be our first question on MVM Plus. Oh. Uh, yeah, that will be our first question. We will answer that question. I, I'm curious about the answer. I, I, I've got a guess in my mind. I'm not telling you, though, Alex. <laughs> well. You don't want to tell me. Everybody tune into MVM Plus where you will learn the answer. And thanks again to at JJ Hicks 19 for submitting the question. Thanks, JJ. Thanks, JJ.
All right, let's go ahead and get into our awards then. First award, coolest character award, Alex. Yeah, you better choose who I think you chose. Yeah, yeah. right. I did my. Uh, I think she is the most caring and selfless character in this film. All she does is think of others, like the whole time. Even even during like this drug induced haze after her heart surgery, she's still only thinking of Toru and giving back his like lucky pearl. I really, I really like this, and I, 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 again, I really think it's her love for him and her caring for him that really begins the handoff of the century by possessed children. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. Uh, no, I like, I like her as a character. I do. I wish she had a little bit more to do in the back half of the film, but. I'm going to give some praise to Toru here in just a second. So I'm going to go with Toto, uh, a.k.a. the new Gamera for my Mm. coolest character award. It's not that I think that Toto necessarily has a ton of personality in and of himself or itself. What I would say, though, is that Toru gives Toto personality, just like, you know, we we project personalities onto you know, the animals that we love. Um, I think we see that a little bit with Toto and Toru's relationship. And of course, Toto always does come in at the last minute uh, to save the day and sticks it out like a champ there hanging out at the top of a skyscraper while Toru (laughs) praises him. He he does stick it out. He's up there for a long time before Toru even gets up there, isn't he? He really, he he was stuck, man. He was stuck there. There was nothing he could do. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I guess at the time. The the Toru, you're right. The Toru scene, it's, it's, I think it's about 45 seconds when he gets there and he talks to Toto. But Toto is up there for a good five minutes, at least. (laughs) At least. And, you know, I was thinking, I was like, why is he stuck up there? But then I'm like, oh, yeah, he he gets the power to use his jets after he eats the pearl. But the other thing is, is why could he fly earlier? Because he was a little turtle. (laughs) <laughs> He's a little turtle. <laughs> he didn't need quite as much. He didn't need as much jet power. Because he know? was a little turtle. Because he could also breathe fire earlier, you know. But then yeah. he he lost that ability as as he grew into his his full fledged gamma. Oh, form. you mean you mean during his battle with Giron when he breathes fire on the knife. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lost. I lost where you were going with that for a second. I was really confused. Oh, I yeah. could tell. I could tell by the dead silence afterwards. <laughs> what about your uh, most memorable line award? So my most memorable line award comes in your favorite scene. It's the scene when uh, Toru is talking to to Toto uh, in that skyscraper confrontation, and it is to me. It is where he says, I like you so much. I like you so much. And now you have to die. I don't want to go through through that with you again. Right. Um, to me, that that does hit. And I like how it's kind of constrained a little bit um, where where Toru doesn't. He's not like, I love you so much, Gamera. <laughs> right. He's he, it's, it's more it's more restrained. It's I like you so much. Mm. Which to me actually hits a little bit harder because it's it's just it's it's almost more personal, you know. Like well, there's a difference yeah. between loving and liking, and I like that it it is that there's that restraint there from going all the way into the sappy like I love you, Gamera, don't leave me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Uh, like definitely hits better than love on that one, hmm. and it probably it's probably the translation probably is love and we're just (laughs) (laughs) it was just (laughs) whoever subtitled the film was like uh it'll it'll work better as like i'm just gonna put like in there (laughs) it was a creative choice (laughs) (laughs) by the subtitler yeah yeah Um, alex what'd you have mine was by counselor hitotsugi um he says have you called the professor yet and this is after just 10 minutes earlier, he had gotten mad at the professor for submitting like a monster analysis of what had been happening in the sea. And his little assistant 
is <laughs> just completely shocked. He has no idea that he should be calling this professor after Hitotsugi had just completely shot him down and talked bad about him. And so now he's had this complete 180 within 10 minutes. And it's just a funny kind of quirky moment between him and his assistant. Yeah, we we haven't really talked about the whole uh, subplot with the government becoming more and more involved. They don't fire Um, a single shot while their entire city is getting destroyed. And I know that this might be some sort of military thing, but come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I, I do like... I really like the set that they have whenever they do capture Gamera. Oh, and yeah. they have the him ET in that abandoned, <laughs> that abandoned warehouse, right? Where it's empty. It's empty. And Gamera doesn't fill up the whole warehouse. But like <laughs> they put him there because they're not sure what he's going to do. And there's that red glow to it. I really yes. like that. I think it was it was an interesting choice. Yeah, I did too. You know, I don't know how much purpose the rest of the military stuff really had. It felt like it was almost trying to be E.T. in some of mm. these moments. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like they could have almost cut the military out of all of this. And it probably would have been fine. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I to me, it's not a standout. Like the, that subplot doesn't stand out to me as serving much of a purpose either. So I'm kind of with you there. What about your can't believe that acting award? Uh, Mine's got to be Kosuke Azawa. That's Toru's dad. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think he just does a really good subtle job. He doesn't, he doesn't really have to overact or anything like that in this film. He's, he's really low key. He's kind of in the background a lot. You see that he's being very patient with his son. Except for when he slaps him that one time. Well, he had it coming. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he had it coming. No. So <laughs> he that's had it terrible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it set him straight. Um. Anyways, but I th- I find that he's just a really subtle character, and I just really like that he has these quiet moments with his son where he's clearly observing him, but he's not really stepping in to be overbearing or anything like that and i just i just really really like that character especially when he goes and he uh, saves toru's friend i thought that was a pretty cool moment where he really risks mm-hmm. his life to save that kid no he's he's a good character he really is i i brought up that moment just because i want to see how you re- would respond to it alex what i'll say is yeah i mean i think that moment's difficult to justify, but there's, there's a lot of stress in that moment, you know, like, and he, he's generally worried about his son and it's not the right reaction to have. I would say it's not the right reaction to have. Um, but you've seen that happen before, right? You've seen in, in high moments of stress, people react in ways they normally wouldn't react. Right. Uh, my can't believe the acting award is Rio Tomioka. He's uh, Toru, of course, and his his vulnerability throughout this entire movie is just to stand out to me. And I already said I love the I love the moment where he's he's speaking to to Gamera there in the skyscraper. It's not over the top for me. It just hits the right n- notes for me. Uh, and I think I think he does a great job as a child actor. Mm, okay. <laughs> no, he he does he does a great job. The, the, the moment you mentioned, he's terrible. Earlier, <laughs> the moment you mentioned earlier when he was at the beach with his friends is a moment yeah. that I, I remember whenever I think about this movie. And it, he really he does a great job in these in these really character moments. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it to you. Um, what about your uh, standout effect award? My standout effect is. When Gamera grabs onto uh, Zetus's tongue, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah, that is to me the a very Showa moment, right? It's just this outlandish monster moment where he grabs onto Zetus's tongue and and he allows Zetus's tongue to pull him towards Zetus and then launches a fireball right into Zetus's mouth, virtually defeating him for the meantime. It's it's. It's not the greatest CGI in the world, but it was very creative, and I laughed when it happened. So I'm yeah. going to go with that for my standout effect. Yeah, that, that, 
<laughs> it was a really good moment. And for a brief moment, my standout effect award was another Zetas moment where he eats all the people. Because it's you don't it's not that something you see, but it's the sound effects that they use mm-hmm. that really illustrate yeah. like how horrific it is. But instead, I decided another Zetas moment. We just don't quite know it's Zetas yet. Uh, it's it's there's this man. He's floating in the water, and he's holding on to I think it was one of those flotation rings, and we see this life jacket come up, and then we start seeing these other items come up from the water, indicating that a ship has been dragged down underneath the water. And that moment is just really cool and eerie. And it kind of highlights something that this movie did early on. And it kind of carried it through towards the end, but the colors during Toru's story on mainland are like bright. They're popping. They're really great. But then when we go out to sea, it gets really dark and gray. And then when Zetas finally comes on land, it's almost like it meshes them together. And almost, it doesn't gray out the colors completely, but the the colors stick out even more than they did. It's something I really liked about how they handled color in the movie. Hmm, yeah, I like that because like you'll see the the kids that are in the relay. If you notice, mm-hmm. they all are wearing these bright colors, indicating yeah. they're linked to Gamera, I believe, and I just really like that. Cool. What about your oh, that's a good shot award? Um, that's got to be Toto and Toto looking out to sea. There, there's. <laughs> they go up to this ridge. I think this is after the first, no, second time uh, Toto grows. So he's like a full-fledged like sea turtle type deal. Well, I guess he's not a sea turtle. Somebody don't come at me. But he's, he's a full-fledged turtle. And they're both sitting up on top of these rocks looking up at the sea. And then there's that moment where he senses Zadius. And he looks out there and it's just the two of them looking. And it's, it's great. It's just a beautiful shot. <laughs> I don't know if we've gotten that monster's name right once. Zetus? Zetus. I, call, I just completely changed it. Zadius. That time you said Zedius. I said added Zetus. letters. It's Zetus. I think Zetus. I said Zegus earlier. I've said Zegris. Well, so. if if we say it enough times, one of them will be right, and then no one can tell us we were wrong. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, oh, that's a good shot award. It's, it's a throwaway moment. It's one of those quiet moments again. And this is a character building moment for your coolest character, Mai, right? And it's this moment where Mai is looking out to the sea. So we both have these moments of looking out to the sea, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But Mai is looking out at the sea whenever she's asked her mom for some time alone, right? Um, and she's on this hill. And the way it's framed, you just see her on the left and you see this rail kind of um, slanted going mm-hmm. upwards. And there's no real purpose for it. It's <laughs> no. just really well framed and just a great <laughs> shot. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that is unexpectedly beautiful in this film, right? Yes. <laughs> in this Gamera film. I was like, wow, this is not what I expected to see right now. I could put that I could put that uh shot like on on film Twitter and nobody besides the Kaiju fandom would ever know what it was. <laughs> yes, yes. And you're right. It is a completely useless shot. Yeah, I great. was thinking after it happened because I, I noticed how great it looked too. And then I was like, what was the point of that afterwards? <laughs> I don't, I don't well, it know. Goes, it's, it's that character building for my, right? It's, it's those, those quiet moments. Like you, that's why you don't need the voiceover. You don't need the voiceover in that moment. You don't need my telling us that she's, she's contemplating, um, you know, the her, her illness, her which losing. we don't, you don't need that, which we don't <laughs> realize at that point, which I, I guess upon going back to it, you would realize that. Mm-hmm. And that would add yeah. context to that moment. Okay. Right. I, I, I accept that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And I did have a bonus award, oh. Alex, a bonus award this week. And it is the, Coolest running kid award. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Because we do have that moment of the relay race, you know, to get Gamera his pearl. And my coolest running kid award was kid number two. You know, he's the the tallest boy in the light blue shirt. He just has a few excellent dodges. Well, first he like nods really solemnly as he receives the pearl. (laughs) And then he has a few excellent dodges as... As he weaves his way through ongoing runners. And then the policeman catches him and he struggles to get away before realizing he can't get away. And so he blocks the policeman off 
before handing off the the pearl to mm. kid number three. Yes. What a kid. What a kid. <laughs> yeah, what a kid. I, I really like I really like these kids running in the crowd moments because you know, usually if we get kids running against it or if we get people running against the crowd, it's usually like police or firemen or superheroes or just any hero in general, but we never see kids really doing it, <laughs> which is really a really cool thing to see. I, my running kid award goes to yellow shirt girl. I don't remember what color shirt the first girl wore that took it from my, it may have been yellow as well, but the fourth girl that was in the relay, she I think had the longest leg of the race. She really had to brave a lot of the empty spaces and dust and that stuff before she gets to Toru's friends. So kudos to her for really carrying the weight of all these people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alex, that brings us to our rating and our ranking. Um, why don't you go first this week? Okay. This movie was a nice surprise. You know, a lot of people had been, this is one of the, not I wouldn't say maligned, but it is not discussed on Twitter or in our sphere. I feel like this movie is just kind of ignored. And that usually indicates that something is kind of not great. But I actually really like this movie. You know, I did <laughs> maybe overly complain about Toru and Gamera's or Toto's moment in the skyscraper, but it's one of my very few complaints. I really enjoy the slice of life feel. I also enjoy the stakes of uh, your new pet friend exploding on you uh, (laughs) at the end, because it really sets up like this kind of haunting moment at the beginning. And I like Toru's relationship with his dad, my, his friends, all these relationships kind of work. Now upon us talking, I now realize that maybe the military stuff could have been cut. I, mm-hmm. The only thing it really led to was a Harry and the Hendersons moment where he's got to send them off. But overall, it's pretty great. I think there's there's a lot of care put into this movie. And this really this, this one really works. And I'm with you. This isn't Showa era Gamera. That I don't I don't agree with that either. This, this is its own kid friendly, well, mostly kid friendly <laughs> uh child camera movie and i really Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot to like about this i don't think it's talked about enough um with that and the relay race well there's there's too many kids in it to give it a five out of five or probably like a six out of five so i'll give this a i'll give it a four out of five i really enjoyed it even if it does have some problems at times all right, what about you? Actually, we'll save our rankings for next week when we do our Heisei Hoedown. Ah. But I, I do want to give a shout out. We haven't even mentioned his name yet, but director Ryuda Tasaki, um, who is really known more for his common writer directing than ah. for Gamera the Brave, um, he has to get some credit here because honestly... He really does. I've said most everything that I want to say about this film as we've talked about it. Um, but really, this is unexpected. Uh, and I think as an audience member going into this movie, maybe when it was first released, you might feel a little disappointed if you were a huge fan of Kaneko's Heisei trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. There's just so much to live up to, and you probably have certain expectations going into it. But I think if you give it a different evaluation and a different look, seeing it through a child's eyes, I think there's a lot to love. There's a lot of innocence here. It's a movie with a whole lot of heart that makes me really just enjoy giant monster movies and enjoy (laughs) Gamera overall. Right. And it reminds us like why we like this genre. Um, Our friend David, I know he has said it reminds him of, you know, like a studio Ghibli film. And and I see that definitely. There's those moments um, where I see that. Uh, so I, I enjoyed this movie as well. I, I give it a four out of five stars. What? Too. Look yep. at that. Eric. What's funny because we, we both had different criticisms of the film. <laughs> if someone combined our criticisms, <laughs> they might not view this film too favorably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I, there is, there's a lot of mileage, I think, in the messages of this film for me that really yeah. elevated it. I always I like it when films like this with this type of tone deal with loss 
uh, from like a child's perspective. It's just uh, there's something very unique and engaging about it. Yeah, we we've seen we've seen these movies before that deal with loss uh, and grief from a child's perspective, but we haven't really seen it in a giant monster film that we've yes. watched at least so far. So I like that it was unique. For us, for sure. Yeah. Well, Alex, did you come up with a rhyme for next week's Heisei era hoedown? So, is it a hoedown again after we just did a hoedown? So, it's double the hoedown? When do we... Like, we did a hoedown for Godzilla. What about the trilogy? That that was that was the roundup. Oh. I wonder if I misnamed it. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the roundup, dude. Oh boy, we didn't talk. We didn't talk at all about it. We let our guests talk about it. Mm, you're right. So, uh, you know, Eric, I'm sure you've prepared one. Why don't you go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> In the Gamera Heisei Hoedown, which films will make us come back around, and which might make us run out of town, ah, if any? Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> in the hoedown of Heisei Gamera, oh no, I'm just going to end up rhyming it with camera. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Eric's just over there shaking his head. Um, it's really just a blank, blinking stare <laughs> at this point. I'm like, can we get us to MVM Plus, Alex? Can we just get there? <laughs> Okay, all right. So, uh, in the hoedown of Gamera Heisei, will we say, hey, nay, Jay, Ray, Cray, <laughs> Fay, stop, stop, or stop. huzzah? All right. Everyone's li- everyone stopped listening at this point, so I'll run through our stuff, and we can get to NBM+. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd, uh, Eric Neely. You can email us, mvmpod at gmail.com, or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Uh, support, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and become part of the Bargain Basement Club, where you receive bonus MVM Plus episodes every single week. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really does help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Michael Herndon and Faye Basier. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try to to stay Go work on your rhyme, Alex. <laughs> <laughs>